0: Hey, what's up everybody? Welcome to episode number 97 of the Audible Farm Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Couchtown Coffee. Couchtown Coffee is roasted right here in Iowa. And I'll tell you what, if you make an order, they'll ship it to your house. It's that easy. You don't have to go anywhere. And uh, in this weird time we're in right now, that's pretty awesome. So they'll just ship coffee right to your house. That's the end of the story. And it's uh, it's amazing coffee. So check it out, www.couchtowncoffee. Dot com, and you can find a coffee you like there. Make an order. Let them know Audible Farm sent you by entering the code word Eleanor's. The code word this week is Eleanor's. It will save you 20% on your order. That's pretty awesome. Why are they doing that? Because I'll tell you what, Couchtown Coffee loves music just as much as we all do. So check it out, www.couchtowncoffee.com. Enter the code word Eleanor's. Save 20% on your order. It's that easy, guys. All right, what else do we got here? Oh, we're sitting down with Cheyenne Voss and Seth Espy of the Eleanors. Well, I say of the Eleanors because, oh, well, they may or may not be going through a name change, so uh, check them out, and uh, we're going to talk about that in the upcoming podcast, so I'm not going to get too much up into it in the intro, but I sat down with Cheyenne, And Seth was in the background kind of quipping here and there. And I mean, it was a great episode. I mean, it was nice to have Seth jumping in here and there. And it's nice to sit down and talk with Cheyenne. Um, I don't talk to her too much. But I, you know, I've met her at shows and we'd always be pretty friendly at shows. So it's really great to see these guys, you know, still making music. They busted onto the scene as the Eleanors pretty quickly. And I'm kind of excited to see what they've got coming out soon. We talk about that in the upcoming podcast as well so stick around hope you guys like it it's episode 97 with cheyenne voss and seth espy it's the audible farm podcast with your host peter stockdale So today I am sitting down with uh, Cheyenne Voss and I believe Seth Espy's in the background somewhere.
1: I uh... am. <laughs>
0: he is there. All right. <laughs> so you guys um are two out of well I guess when I when I used to see you guys play it was, there was four of you, but you're the Eleanors. You are the Eleanors. Wait. So That's uh correct. I I hear that you guys have uh I think I remember hearing something about you guys having a new album and then we talked about it um before the podcast, but you guys have recorded an album. Yes. That's that's finally. awesome. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm super excited about it. We have been playing out with the same like set list pretty much for almost a year. Yeah, about a year. Yeah. And uh so we were finally like, it's time to put this set list to bed and went to Lefty's and recorded it. Big props to Brad for doing that for us.
0: So you guys went to lefties and recorded like right there at lefties. That's pretty sweet.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, not saying that COVID's a good thing, but uh, it did give us a singular opportunity to uh, to go in there while nobody was in there, and Brad had extra time, and we all had extra time, so we had time to go in there and knock it out.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I talked to Eric Brown from Lefties and I mean, they're set up there pretty much when it gets to the recording board is like, all they got to do is just plug a couple more things in and interface it to a computer and wham, they've got all the lines set up right there to record everything individually isolated and it's, it's good to go. So it's already almost like perfectly set up for doing something like that anyways.
2: Yeah, honestly, it was so great. Like I've recorded and, in- people's living rooms before i recorded at sonic factory before uh but i like that it felt like doing a show and you just go in you set up your stuff and you play it like you would play it at a show and then it's done that's <laughs> it was great that's pretty
0: sweet that's pretty sweet so uh you guys got it all recorded there did you do any like mixing or mastering or are you doing any like album artwork or any that kind of crazy stuff going the full monty on the uh album there or what
2: So we're not really sure because we're kind of going through a weird time right now. But um, so Brad did some mixing for us, which I thought was great. And then it was like, well, you know, we don't know a whole lot about mixing and stuff like that. Let's just see if we can do anything, you know, so that we can learn about it. And then we started doing that. And I don't know that we... (laughs) I don't think we want to put that out, so we're probably just going to put out what Brad mixed. Um, But we're definitely experimenting behind the scenes. And, like, we went to my house and shot a music video for one of our um, songs that's on the album. And I think we're planning to do that for a few more songs, which I'm really excited about. That is
0: awesome. That is so cool. Uh, Music videos. uh, Okay, I've, I've got something here for music videos music videos need to be made by everybody because like every computer comes with free editing software and you can do it like in the course of a week or two uh you can change a couple locations everybody can do music
2: videos yeah everybody can do them and honestly like i think people uh when they're so focused on like doing their shows and getting their music to spotify and getting themselves out there overlook how much a music video can like capture your personality. Like, I don't know about you, but I've definitely seen songs on YouTube that it's like, if I heard the song on the radio, I'd be like, uh, whatever. But like seeing it with the music video, changed my mind about the song
0: i love either that in a
2: good or bad way
0: yeah okay so like that's what mtv did to music they made it more palatable because you could actually have a visual visual representation along with the music so you could like like a music video and and technically not like a song and the song might grow on you or something like that you know
2: yeah definitely
0: and i mean there's there's a bunch of cool music videos that are coming out that are just made you know i wouldn't say with like low-end technology but like you can use like most cell phones today have awesome cameras you know so why not rock one of those but i've seen some pretty sweet ones coming out of like uh the good devils and tv cop you know they're always making some pretty awesome yes, music videos
1: good
0: <laughs> dude good devils are crazy cool i uh i don't know how there they do be. what they do but they're they're fancy tell
2: some talented guys for sure yeah that's some devil magic right there yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, that's like one of the favorite things about the punk community, though, is like a lot of us know the other people in the you know community, and we all kind of get along with one another pretty well. It's pretty awesome, and uh, like one of the rougher things though is is trying to get a new member in the band. So like we'll uh, we'll come back to the new album and the music video here in a second. But you guys were talking about how you are looking for a female member. I saw it on Facebook, and uh, you're looking for a guitarist and uh, female ones specifically.
2: Yes. There's like, there's so much reasoning behind it. Uh, A huge part of it is like, we live in a city that's like a quarter of a million people. So I know, like 150 musicians that are out and playing and doing stuff. And I could name less than five other than me that are female. And that's just crazy. Like, less than 5% of the musicians I know are female and, like, get a stage. That's, I don't know. Like, I know when I was getting ready to start music, like, I stared at the Craigslist ads forever. I was like, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not ready. Blah, blah, blah. And, like, finally when I tried it, it was not anywhere near as hard as I thought. And Like, I just want to give that chance to somebody else who's, you know, hasn't tried yet
0: yeah I mean I would have to agree with you 100% that like the barrier of entry most often is like within somebody else. They're, like your own mind so like the toughest part about going out there is doing it the first time, but once you got out there, you realized that it, it wasn't that tough, you know, and you were thinking, like, ah, I might not be ready, but I, I'd like to say a lot of people are more ready than they think they are to go out in there and at least make some music, because it's not really about, like, being the best and shredding the guitar until, like, smoke and flames are flying off of it, it's about having a good time, you know, so...
2: It really isn't. And that's another reason that I specifically am looking for a female musician. Like, aside from I secretly hoping that they would do vocals with me or I could, like, shunt some of the spotlight in their direction, um, is that, like a lot of the dudes that I meet in the music scene have already passed a certain point of proficiency. So that's like, yeah, they can strum their chords and do that stuff, but they're also, you know, in their bedrooms learning their favorite songs, which, you know, if it has a shredding part, they learn it. If it's chunky, heavy, whatever, they learn it. So, you know, I have just known so many dudes that can't resist the urge to show off what they've known. And, like, I get that, but... I want something simpler to start out with, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean, there is, some sort, there is some sort of like beauty and simplicity, I would have to say.
2: That's my whole aesthetic.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you've been uh, playing music for a lot longer than I know, I've known you, that's for sure. Like, how did you start out with music? Did you play like maybe in high sense. school or did you just pick up a guitar when you were a teenager or how did this all go down?
2: Um, I started out in school, you know, doing music classes and stuff. I always really liked it, and um, I was raised, like, super religious. And so, like, music was always something that was super special to me because it was, like, what I could get access to wasn't guaranteed. Like, it's not like everybody else where you could just, like, turn on the radio and listen to whatever you want and form your likes and opinions, like, it was like, okay, well, you can't listen to this kind of music. You can't listen to that kind of music. So every time I heard something that was new and different, I was just like so grateful to even hear it, you know? So I've always loved music. And uh, when I got older, every time I had a chance to do music, I was like doing it in school, in the shower, like just walking home from school, like thinking up music, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, then when I was like, After my oldest kid got a little bit older, I was like, I think I finally have time to, like, try and do a band. And that's when I joined uh, my first band, which was The Witch Elm.
0: Oh, cool. And
2: uh, fun factoid, like, several people in our music scene have, like, tangentially been related to that. Like, I know uh, Emery from The Sleepover at one point in time was doing stuff with The Witch Elm. And I know that um, our drummer from The Witch Elm. Uh, for a while was the drummer in Three Finger Betty.
0: Oh, cool. And
2: so, like, it's a little bit of cross over there that I think is really sweet.
0: And uh, I'm currently in Three Finger Betty, so yeah. I mean, that's that, like... Yeah. Uh, what is it, like, Seven Degrees of Separation or the... something like that? Five Degrees yeah. of Separation Six. or Kevin Bacon or something? I don't yeah. know. <laughs> but that's really for cool, sure. though. I mean, like, even I've heard of the Witch Elm, you know, and I've I've had ties to the music scene down there um like third party wise like i've been really good friends with uh the current drummer of three finger buddy uh since i was in high school so and he's been you know the drummer in dark mirror and a handful of other projects so uh you know i've i've had my finger on the pulse but i haven't really seen too many of the of the bands but there's a few that i recall hearing quite often back in the day and, and witch elm was one of them so that's pretty cool you were playing with them
2: well I, um, well, I don't know now because of the pandemic and um, our drummer and other keyboardists in the Witch Elm are like taking it super seriously. So we haven't gotten together at all since COVID started and we were just getting ready to do a new album. Oh, wow. Like we were going to record in April and then it was like, no. Nah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean there's been bad things that have come out of this but like also good things though like you know the album and you guys making a music video and things like that so it's it's good that people are being finding ways to take the good with the bad
2: yeah for sure
0: yeah so how did the eleanors start out then how does how do you go from that to the eleanors
2: okay so um i think i had just like Wrapped up an album with the Witch Elm, and like we're really stable with our schedule for meeting and stuff. And so it's like no unpredicted practices. We practice at the same time, two times a week, like clockwork. I was like, I think I have enough time and desire, and I'm just an easily bored person. Like, yes, I would like to be in a band. Hmm. So I started like looking for something else that I could do, and um, I auditioned with a couple of groups like a couple of people jamming a couple of people that were actually in bands or whatever. And there was always something that made me be like, "Nah." <laughs> um, but then I saw this out on Craigslist that was like, uh, we are looking for a female singer for our pop punk band. At that point in time, I was like, I'm writing way more songs than I'm using in the witch Elm." Uh, maybe I should just hit these guys up and see if they want to take some of my songs since they're looking for a female front anyway. And then I got there and like, it occurred to me that there are just not that many uh, like very active female musicians in Des Moines. And I was like, they're gonna have a hard time finding a female front for this band, I think. And so I was just like, yeah, let's, let's do it, you know they're fun like i immediately clicked with all of them and it was just forever a thing after that that's pretty cool
0: uh who all was in the band at the time
2: so at the time it was uh jake and seth and then the lead guitarist at that time was jared scow scott scott something like that yeah Uh, (laughs) and he I think is currently doing stuff with 16 Staples.
1: Yeah. Okay.
2: Um, which is a band that Jake and Seth had been in together prior to doing the Eleanors. Um. And then I don't think that he, I, we got to like the family holiday season. Like I joined in August, and then like around Thanksgiving and stuff, people were going on vacation with their families, and then he just sort of stayed on vacation and we're like okay well we'll keep going you know mm-hmm.
0: well i mean that's one of those things it's it's pretty tough to hold a lineup in a band together for a long period of time um and i mean i'm not trying to say like it's impossible i mean i've been in three finger betty for three three plus years now or whatever and it's been the same lineup They're there
1: really been that
0: long? yeah i mean it's 2017 i think i played my first show with them the beginning of 2017 so uh yeah, all seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, and half of this year. It's been three years, geez. But uh, you know, no. I mean, they've been they were together for like five years before that, with varying lineup changes and stuff too. So sometimes it takes a while to find the sweet spot, though too.
2: Yeah, it does, and I think part of that is that okay. Everybody has a different selection process, but I know that some people select for musical talent over. Personality compatibility. Yeah. And, like, I think that works really good in, like, mega bands where you, like, you know, are are playing big stuff and you have that, like, the thrill of success or whatever and you just get over hating each other. (laughs) And then, you (laughs) know, you go your separate ways afterwards and then get together and it's like a job. But if you're, you know, in a town like Des Moines, like, you have to like each other on – some level and you're you have to be compatible on a personal level like I don't know (laughs) yeah
0: there definitely is something to say to that um uh, I've I've known bands that have had lineup changes because of that you know and and sometimes because you're compatible now doesn't mean you'll be compatible five years from now you know and uh just because you're not compatible five years from now doesn't mean 10 years from now you won't be and you might you might like each other again you know it's just the way that the World Works There's that weird ebb and flow of just having that personal relationship with somebody that you're kind of working with, but it's like you're wor- both working at an extreme hobby or something, you know?
2: Yeah. I don't know. That's like – and that's part of the reason for our like new lineup search right now is just a, like – from the time that, um, not like when I immediately started the Eleanors, but pretty early in, they were like, hey, we like your songwriting style. And I was like, hey, I like the music that we're doing together. And there's just like not a lot of music that's like it.
0: No, there's not. Not around here at all, no.
2: <laughs> yeah, not around here, but not like really elsewhere either. And I don't know if that's just because like, I grew up listening to pretty much only country music and oldies, but I really love rock and roll or what, but it's just this like weird sound that is hard to describe. And like, we don't have, if we wanted to compete, we don't really have competition, not saying that we're great. We're just different. So like when I realized that I was like, why don't we just like write a bunch of stuff and see how far we can go, you know? But a lot of people around town are like, this is just how I unwind after I, you know, do my week's worth of work, or how I get away from the stress of life or whatever. And I am not about that.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I get the concept because it is nice to have like just a nice escape um, to play. But it all is also kind of rough when you're trying to establish something. Maybe not like you said. It's, it's not like we're all trying to make it big and tour the world or anything. But you also want don't want to waste your time at this hobby either so it's tough to find like-minded individuals that are on the same page as you you know because someone might have like really big dreams and someone might have no dreams or aspirations at all and it might not mesh very well
2: yeah i've always been like a super ambitious person for somebody who had not a lot of like legs to stand on you know what i'm saying like if you look at my life you wouldn't think that i'm an ambitious person but like With music, for example, even when I wasn't in two bands and doing all this stuff, like I set aside a chunk of my day every day. It's not like I practice my guitar like twice a week or something like that. There's like an hour of my day at least where I'm going to sit down with an instrument of some kind and it does not matter how bad it sounds. I'm just going to make sound come out until something new happens or I'm frustrated and I try again tomorrow. And not a lot of people are like that.
0: So did you end up, did you play in high school or junior high or anything like that? Or what was the first instrument you picked up?
2: Um, I think the first instrument that I picked up was, uh, like my voice, I guess I count that as an instrument. A lot of people don't, um, When I was growing up, my grandma had a like really out of tune piano in the closet and we didn't have any music books or anything like that. But I had a skill for like if I had heard a song, I could remember how I heard it and play it again on the piano. And once I just heard that I had that skill, like I was like, oh, my God, the whole world is open to me. I can do any instrument. And like that's not exactly true. I mean, but beyond point, it is. <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, if you have the piano down, you can learn pretty much anything because it's like the build. It's like the most simplified instrument as far as laying out what music looks like in front of you. Um, yeah, I mean, the fla- flats and sharps are all there. You can count your way to figure out where everything's at all the time. It's pretty simple. But I mean, like you're pretty much playing the the game Simon, but like with the radio and a key, you know, a piano in your a grandmother's. Um, closet there and it's like you hear something on the radio and you just try to play it or was it you're just playing from memory? Like I remember hearing this song once and let's see if I can do it.
2: Uh it was it was pretty much just from memory, like uh songs on favorite movies that I had seen, or like the couple of CDs that floated around my childhood. Like if I could remember it, i try to play it. But I also like very early on developed a dislike for playing other people's music. Not like I think music sucks because I love music, but like there's something special that goes on your head when you kind of reach your arm in there and you're like, let's see what I can pull out and do. Like I developed a love of trying to create music as opposed to repeat what I'd heard really early on.
0: That's pretty cool. I mean, I've I've never been that comfortable with myself creating music because I, I don't know what my deal is. I just hate everything I make. I'm just like, ah, this sucks, you know, and I just toss it aside. And I, for a while, like, recorded everything I played and chunked together some stuff, and it sounded okay, but it was still just, I'm, I don't know why, I'm just never happy with what I make. But it's pretty cool that, like, even you at a younger age could figure that out and uh, have that confidence.
2: Well, I don't know that it was necessarily confidence so much as just, like, I wasn't getting the stimulation that I wanted. Like, I wasn't hearing the kind of music that I wanted, or, you know, I'd hear, like, a couple few songs, but if you only have, like, 20 favorite songs that you get to hear over the course of your childhood, you're like, give me something new, you know? I don't care if I did it, and it maybe sucks, like, eventually it'll be good, you know? Yeah
0: that's cool i mean that's a good mindset to have it's not not everybody has that mindset so it's a good one to have and i you know i'm a little envious of it i guess <laughs> <laughs> so so when did you pick up the guitar for the first time
2: um oh, oh. let's see here probably when i was like 13 oh, or 14, wow. like I was still living in Des Moines, like I was still going to school with Brad from Lefties. Um so yeah, I had to have been like 13 or something. I picked it up, I was so bad at it. So bad.
0: <laughs> I don't think any of us were that good at, at the guitar the first time.
2: It's not really an intuitive instrument, and uh, no, I definitely not. took backwards approach of learning it. Like a lot of people pick it up and they get a chord book. Yep, and they learn their their three or four chords and they're like yeah i can rock out but i don't know was having a blonde moment or something so i approached it like the piano i was like okay i'm gonna learn how to play these melodies on this dumb instrument (laughs) and uh so that was very unfruitful for a lot of years
0: yeah yeah um learning guitar without having somebody to like point and push you in the right direction is is very difficult but if you if you want it you can do it you know
2: yeah absolutely
0: yeah I mean so how did you overcome that then how did you get past that like roadblock with the guitar because like you said if you're just trying to play melodies on it it's not intuitive not and I'm not trying to say the piano is easier than playing the guitar because I'm not good at the piano and I'm definitely better than I at the guitar than I am at the piano but like i said the piano it's all just kind of laid out there in front of you it's pretty easy to see you go this way they get higher you go that way they get lower you know
2: i don't know it just like i'm a very flexible person when it comes to like creativity so like yes i couldn't do uh regular chords but i like learned how to arpeggiate stuff and at first i was taking forever to like learn these very intricate folksy arpeggiation things that were just super frustrating and then i took a super minimalist approach and i was like okay well i'm going to let my head fill in all of the space in whatever music i'm making and just kind of hum along while i dink around on my guitar and um i tried on a bunch of different music like musical instruments um in high school i did trumpet for a while and um let me think I did the auto harp for a while and oh, uh, yeah I just like pretty much tried to play anything that I could but really I realized that being more creative with what I was doing was a good workaround to being good yeah <laughs> at any instant like, if you can come up with something that goes with it, like, you can do your work in the creative part and not in the skill part, if that makes sense.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, there's definitely, I have this conversation with a lot of musicians uh, over the creativity versus skill thing, where it's like kind of like a balance. If I feel like, um, some you can go too far with skill and it starts to lack creativity because it just sounds like you're running scales and arpeggios and like, you know, just. Doing stuff that is seems more like a uh exercise than it is music, and then I mean, but like at the same sense, like I'm envious of of both people that have either ability. Uh, it's it's just one of those wild things where I feel like there's a slight dichotomy sometimes in that, and blending the two is always difficult.
2: Yeah, I definitely spend all of my skill points in creativity and not skill. Not saying that I can't play the guitar, I can. Um, can I play it well? Not really. Uh like it's so bad in fact that I play my guitar in open e tuning. Um, just so like I can preserve quality while I'm playing at speed. So we play pretty fast music and my brain cannot keep up with like, okay, this fingering, this fingering, and singing the stuff and the words like it just removed that obstacle. But there's other obstacles to playing open E. Like there's never any tabs ever of no. open E and the song was written in open E. Um, so you can't like, unless you sit down and transcribe it, you can't figure out what the leads of something are. Um, you're very limited outside of like your sharps and flats in all the major chords. And even then, not really, because if the person who wrote a song was kind of fudging that chord, you will be able to hear it when you play it on your guitar that is not in standard tuning.
0: Yes, yes,
2: so.
0: I, I agree with that all 100. Um, percent I was looking up open tunings that were just kind of goofy ones, and, and E open E <laughs> is an open tuning that people do use, but it's it's like very rare. And uh, yeah. I've I've actually like I went through a whole thread the other day of like people talking about using Open E because of its um, simplicity but it makes like you said it makes like flatting a note or flatting a chord like a little difficult or you know it's it's kind of goofy. So like, or like you can't run your normal pentatonic scales across it to, to make some simple leads anymore. They're all, they've all like yeah, vanished. In, yeah. They all just like vanished in a goofy pattern that is, is hard to, hard to get to. And it's funny that you talk about that. Cause like even within the last week, me and a buddy sat down and, and goofed around with open E just to see what it would be like, you know? So it's, it's really, it's, that's uh, another one okay. like good Anya for utilizing that, uh, to the best of your capabilities, because it's one of those things where you're using it, like you said, to kind of overcome having to bend your fingers in all these weird shapes to make all these chords while playing at a faster rate of speed. Because, like, uh, if I had to describe the Eleanor's, it's it's generally, I would just call it punk, but it's not really, you know, punk is too broad stroke. So it's... It's too a, broad. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, well, you
2: had, uh, uh, you had Till on, and he described it as, like... Uh, a mix of the Ramones and the early Pretenders, but I don't think that's right. I think that um, we have rock sensibility, but like rhythmically, I know I play with more of like a a rockabilly or psychobilly type of rhythm over top, but everything else sounds like punk. So I think that's kind of why it sounds weird. Um, and not easy to describe because it's not rockabilly music, it's not really punk music. I mean, some of the stuff in there is kind of punk, but
1: yeah, I, I always describe it. She uh, she said garage rock one time. I I go <clears throat> uh, pop punk slash garage rock. I think it's is pretty pretty close to the mark. Uh, we do we do a little ska now too, but yeah, it is kind of hard to define, put your finger on.
0: Exactly what it
2: is. So you should just listen to it. <laughs> yeah, there
0: you go. yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, like if I had to describe you, I would say something in the pop punk and ska, but like there's definitely no horns and you guys aren't like, wow. you know, chewing bubble gum, blowing big bubbles on the beach, you know, like the happy-go-lucky <laughs> yeah. pop punk music is, so... Um, you know, and that's, that's one of the cool things is I find there's not an easy way to define a lot of bands nowadays, especially on the independent scene. Cause it's, it's a mishmash of what everybody loves and it still comes out in a, somehow in like a genre that like you can generalize so much, like, you know, like I said, punk, you know, but if you said like metal, I mean, that's another one where it's like, well, metal could be a lot of different things too, you, a know?
2: Lot of <laughs> you know,
0: even country, country can be a lot of different things these days. Oh I've man!
1: Yeah, uh, <laughs> country recently. <I've> been, <laughs> yeah. Been doing some uh, some kind of country esque. Stealing yeah, some country yeah. songs yeah. that show. didn't
2: get justice. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's cool. I mean, I mean, that's the other thing is like I can get down with I think something from every genre. It just takes the right people at the right time to to introduce it to me, and I can get down with it. But uh, I mean, nothing beats it live, though. Too. I mean. Like you said, you got to go, sure. you got to go see the Eleanors the next chance anybody gets. Um, but let's, uh, speaking of which the Eleanors, you guys were debating a name change. Yeah. All right. So I want to
2: change the name so bad. <laughs> What's and the... I have pretty much since I joined, like, I like the logo. I liked the name for a little bit, but it was officially dead to me when uh, we went to the toaster show and we played <laughs> first in Mr. Toaster. I don't, I don't uh, know yeah, what his name
1: is. We, we call Mr. Toaster the, the singer for Toaster.
2: Yeah, he's like, so you must be Eleanor. And I was like, fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, it just gives that callback to like the 60s era, which I like. But the callback that it gives is like Tommy Lee and the Shondells or such and such and the who and who. Like, I just don't like that. It's like kind of egotistical in my opinion and honestly the more I could get out of responsibility (laughs) for band stuff the more I would like I don't want people to think that I'm behind like the brains behind it I just want to write songs and do music and have people pat me on the back out in the bar like I don't want to be you know the master of puppets over here that's <laughs>
0: so the new band I name really is.
2: I've known some people that are like that. What?
0: So the new band name is probably not going to be the Cheyennes, then.
2: Oh uh, no! <laughs> <laughs>
0: Definitely
2: not. We're. I don't know. We have a hard time deciding, possibly because we always end up talking about it after we've had a few beers. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, like. We've come up with like a lot of interesting names, and it's like some names, like the shit biscuits or shit biscuit, we wouldn't use because it would like limit, you know, like people who have a family friendly something. Or you know, yeah, it's not gonna PG-13 be a PG thirteen rated event. They're not gonna be like, and next up, shit biscuit. Yeah, you're not you gonna know? get any
0: all ages show anymore. Your your name's not gonna be outside on on the marquee at at vaudeville anymore. You know, <laughs>
2: like, right. Just- or like you know, I I feel like we could squeak by with like all kids are bastards because bastards is like a a low rate cuss, mm, I guess. Or
1: yuckfu.
2: Yeah, yuckfu. Yuck! Foo. I don't know. Like, we just write them all down in a notebook, like all the time.
1: Yeah, it's kind of a good time, really, with the, with lineup changes and the uh, you know the quarantine. <clears throat> um, just seems seems like a good time to do it. We're not in a super big hurry. We are gonna keep the logo, but uh, yeah, it's it's coming. We just gotta decide on one. We we, we, may do, we may come up with, like, three to five that we really like, and we talked about doing maybe, like, a Facebook poll, <laughs> see what people think of them just for the fun of it. Um, yeah. But with, with the way things are now, we got a little time, and, um, yeah, we're, we'll get there.
2: If you're listening to this podcast and you have a bossy girlfriend, like, she likes to make decisions and do stuff, we would love her. <laughs> 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 like, yeah. I have this theory about like submissiveness in bands, and maybe that's a wrong like term to use. But bands work best if either everybody decides together, or there is a decision maker. Because if you have a bunch of people who are like timid about what they think and putting it forward, you will never do anything. Yeah. And be like, hey, should we name ourselves the Wild Chanets? And we'll be like, nah, I. That, that's okay, and then you either get stuck with, like, a name that you don't like, or you just never decide.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I get that, too, because, I mean, if you have um, – ho- if everybody's decision-makers, that means everybody gets to be in on the decision. But if you have nobody making decisions, then nothing gets done, and, you know, nobody books shows. If everybody kind of grants it all to one person, that's cool because that person makes all the decisions and they just go with it. But once you have like two people in there, you know, two out of four or two out of three or five, it's just kind of like, ooh, this is weird because these two people are going to start fighting about what's going on, you know, and inevitably it's going to happen. So you can't really have just, you know, like you said, you have to have uh, everybody's helping the decision making or it's just one person.
2: Yeah, yeah. I don't know. The politics of inside of a band are really interesting. If you've never done that, never experienced it, uh, yeah, like, they can be great. They can be a nightmare.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I mean the worst, the worst and best parts of it are are the same thing. Like you can be the, it can be good, but it can be bad. And sometimes when it's bad, it can be good. And sometimes when it's good, it can be bad. You know. So like, yeah, everybody can like, get along and and everything can be hunky dory. But you guys can also like just kind of get complacent. At the same time. So, I mean, the other end of it. I think that be-
2: that's a thing that happens in the Des Moines scene a lot. Not saying that we're all complacent farm people or something like that. But, like, um, I don't know. I've been to other cities and stuff. And it seems like, I don't know, a lack of competition or, like, I don't know, like you go to Minneapolis and musicians there are maybe not like cutthroat per se, but it's like they definitely egg each other on. You know what I'm saying? Like one band will be like, ooh, we gotta do this sweet thing and then this other band that is envious of them or hates them or whatever, they're like, oh, we gotta do something like that too, you know? And it just like creates this sort of energy and momentum in the scene. But I feel like in Des Moines, a lot of people have a more laid-back attitude, almost to a detriment. Like, I really love that there's not music scene drama all the time that is ridiculous.
1: Yeah, that, that's one thing I, I actually really love about the music scene. At least the, the little circle that, like, Eleanor's Three Finger Betty are in. Everybody seems real uh, supportive of each other. And, and like, the Tuma bands, Uncle and Good Devils. Um, everybody's just real supportive and like, you know, wanting the best for each other. I, I really like I really like that scene. It's, it's been, uh, it's been great to be a part of.
0: Yeah. Not every, not every scene in every town is like that. Um, not know, every yeah, music no. genre lends itself to that very easily either. And like you said, yeah. if you go to bigger cities, they get a little bit more cutthroat with what's going on and, and com- more competitive, I guess would be the thing. And it's not that we lack, friendly competition you know we don't we don't lack any of that here in in Iowa at all but we also like really I think so it just comes down to we all really enjoy doing what we do and we enjoy seeing other people enjoy doing what they do you know so if if I get to go see like you said a TV cop show or you know an Eleanor show or, or it really doesn't matter I mean it's 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 really cool to see people play I recall once going to play a, uh we were playing the late show uh one week uh at Vaudeville and we showed up to load in and you guys were headlining the all ages early show. And it was Yeah, that was awesome. It was like the coolest thing ever because we got to stick around and you know, we load in some of our stuff, but it's like I'm just gonna lock my car and stand here and watch this set. You know, it's not every day I get to see the Eleanors. You know, it's one of those cool things where you're just like this is awesome, you know. And I don't it's tough to describe, but if you just really enjoy it that much, I think that's what it comes down to and a lot of us just enjoy each other's company and and you know, enjoy each other's hobbies.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And enjoying to, you know, go go see uh other bands play that, you know, that we played with but we're fans of and uh just supporting each other. I I just really like that a lot.
2: <clears throat> yeah, I I wish that people in the area like when we first started doing stuff as the Eleanors with me in it, like there was this attitude, like this is the trajectory that you have to take. Like you have to get your material down, then you have to get it recorded good enough that you can send it to the owner of a venue and then like hope, pray whatever that they let you on. And I think that a lot of people in the area who maybe are doing music in their basement or like haven't actually stepped out onto the scene yet, are mm-hmm. like think that it's more complicated than it is.
1: Like, yeah, and I had that I had that uh, that mindset too. Um, when we were playing in Eleanor's, but really it came down. It's to It's not. It. Yeah. We just
2: went out. Yeah. Like we were just like, okay, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna go to some shows. We're going to, you know, like, talk to these people after they go to show. Like, obviously, you know, support them, have a good time, not be an ass kiss necessarily, just, like, be there and do the thing. And, like, when you talked to Till, something that you had talked about was how quickly we burst out onto the scene. And that was it. Like, it wasn't, like, some hard work thing. Well, there was some work involved, but a lot of it was just, like, hmm, it sounds like these bands are playing, and I think that they're like kind of related to what we do. We should go see what that's go. like and go do it. Yeah, and talk to
1: the bands afterwards, and uh, it really paid off. We made friends with a lot of different musicians and bands, and uh, next thing you know, we're, we're playing shows with them and having a great time.
2: Yeah, so, I wish that more people in the area knew that like you can go out and approach musicians and be like, you did a great set, and I would really like to play with you in the future. I, you know, Just very humbly, yeah. I also yeah. do a band, blah, blah, yeah. blah. And, like...
1: Just networking, getting yeah, connecting on social media and becoming friends and, you know... Nine play.
2: times out of ten, any rando musician in the Des Moines area that is from the Des Moines area will be like, let's give you a try. Like, I'm a little low-key tired of hearing you know these bands that i've heard a bunch of times and i always love hearing you know new stuff and they'll just you know at least give you a try to go out and maybe you face plant, but like at least you get out there yeah Like i feel like a lot of people have that barrier in their head and it really does not need to be
0: yeah, I mean, yeah. like like you guys said though, like I remember seeing you guys at shows that I would go to cuz I was just going to and I mean it was a little bit longer drive for me obviously, but like I just go to shows randomly in Des Moines or if I was there for band practice or something, it's like oh there's a late night show at Lefty's, I'll go to Lefty's and I'd go there and I'd see you guys there and I remember seeing you guys at a lot of different shows and saying hi to you guys and you guys were, you know, it's it's one of those things you a lot of people in bands like how come nobody comes to our shows and it's like have you ever been to anyone else's show you know because sometimes Actually, all it takes exactly. is a little bit of support and people you know i'll give you a shot you give me a shot and then everybody finds out everybody's awesome and all of a sudden we're all buddies and we're playing shows with each other and and the world's great you know and it's it takes a little bit of a nudge and sometimes it it sucks because i'm a little socially awkward i'm sure every musician is but
1: oh my god that's what alcohol's for yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah. And I mean, that's that's one of the fun things, though, is just being able to go out there and network a little bit. And it's not like you guys just went to like 10 shows and were just like, hi, I play in a band. We should play with you sometime. And then you just quit going to shows. You guys kept going. I mean, you guys were attending shows well,
2: all the we time. We love going. Yeah,
1: we, we, lo- we love live music, uh, you know, at, our, at, at the core, but um, it was just, it was just it was a good time. We made a real conscious effort to get out in the scene and scene. And then we just kept doing it because the bands were great. And we had to have. Doing it and they became friends of ours and want to support them, yeah. You know,
2: even like even bands that you, you like don't necessarily like, like if there's you know one on the bill or whatever, like oftentimes, if you think that you don't like them when you go, your opinion changes because, like, just the experience of live music, like, you can hear somebody on some sort of a record, a music video, whatever. And be like, Mm, I don't know if that's my bag. But you go and you listen to a couple other, you know, bands go and you give them a chance. And then after you've kind of pulled the stick out of your ass, I guess, <laughs> then you're like, wait, I, I like these guys. What? You know, and everybody else there is having a great time or whatever. It's hard to be a stick in the mud when you're surrounded by other people that are having a great time.
0: Yeah, and it's it's hard to have a great time when you're when you're surrounded by people who are being sticks in the mud though too. I mean, let's let's flip that around, you know, but it doesn't mean you can't though too. And I have to say Some of that comes, I have the exact same experiences where I'll be like, I'm playing a show with these bands. I've never heard of them. You go online, you listen to them, and it's like, well, here's some live recordings. They don't do them justice. And you're like, oh, no, uh, this might not be great. And then you show up and you hear them live, and you're like, whoa, this is way better than I thought it was going to be. And that's like some of the best part is like, I go in underestimating these bands initially, and then they blow me away when I get to see them live, you know?
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Heck yeah. So uh, you guys are on the hunt for a new female guitarist. Yes. Yes. Got to give somebody a shot. Well,
2: okay, not, not necessarily a guitarist, just like any female musician who plays a lead type instrument. Like I'm not going to quit playing rhythm guitar probably because I'm good at rhythm. And also I have like a little bit of low key brain damage actually <laughs> from being epileptic like i've just oh no. scrambled my brains on the floor a couple of times so i don't really think that anytime soon i'm going to become a great lead guitarist and i'm cool with that
0: do you, um, have, do you have to take any precautions with that when you play live shows like do you have to tell the light guy like oh hey God, tone it tone Sarah. it down a notch
2: so okay earlier you mentioned this show that you guys were loading in and we had played or were going to play. I can't remember how yeah, you said we, it. Yeah, we That were was possibly that. no, it was hands down the worst show I think we've ever played and it's like nobody's fault but just circumstances really like we got on a bill with a great lineup. It was a bunch of pop punk bands like Kickstart the Sun was one of them. Uh, was that Kickstart the Sun as the I Sun sets? Remember. Yeah, um, was that one. Yeah. So we went to play with them and somebody that was on the bill had not just strobe lights, but powerful strobe lights. And I cannot stress enough, like, I know that people think that lights add to the experience and I'm sure they do for people that don't have the same experience as me, but literally a couple of flashes of a strobe light is enough to make somebody who maybe has never had a seizure before, but is prone to them, have a seizure. And, um, like I have been epileptic long enough that I like know when it's going to happen. And they started flashing, before we had gotten onto stage, it was like two bands before we went up, and I was like, "Oh God, this is gonna be bad!" Like I cover my eyes and you know turn around, I was like, "I really want to support this band. I'm just gonna go upstairs." Ah, and um, like tried to power through it, and I, I don't really remember. I think I made it through the set. I just yeah. laid down on the stage. She was literally
1: laying on the stage. I think uh, I think maybe her guitar strap broke or something. Yep,
0: or, I so remember she put
1: that. The guitar down yeah and so she's laying on the stage and i think i was semi standing on her at one point but yeah she had a rough go that night
0: yeah because i remember uh, you guys were going to stick around and catch our set but uh you know the later we were playing later in the bill yeah. and you guys couldn't stick around and that makes sense now yeah,
1: yeah we really yeah. felt bad about that i think i uh, talked to john about that i had to take her home because she wasn't feeling great and we felt uh pretty pretty guilty about not being able to stick around for you guys because we were excited to see you because we knew you guys were playing that night and it was pretty awesome. You know, we were early show, you guys were late show and but uh yeah, it was a it was a rough night for the Eleanor's for sure.
0: Oh God, There's that's...
1: some other stuff with other members. One one member was having a bad night, another one ate a bunch of Chinese food and was about ready to throw up. So Oh gosh. Yeah, it was a I think I was the only one without issues. I think I was having a good time and they were
0: all kinda on the last thread. God dang, that's crazy! That's crazy. I had yeah. no idea all that yeah. was going on. I thought you guys sounded great, yeah. so don't, so don't sweat oh, it. We
2: did it then. Yeah. Okay. Told yeah.
0: <laughs> oh man, that's funny. So like, you got you got you two. You've got another drummer, uh, Darius, I believe you said his name was.
2: Yep.
0: And you're looking for a yes. f- a fourth member, female member, which is uh, I don't think it should be that hard. I think there should be plenty of female musicians out there. You just got to coax one of them okay. into the it spotlight with you.
2: But I started, like, months ago, like, before Till decided that he was going to go his separate way, I was like, I really just wanted, like, a second vocalist or, like, somebody else who could do rhythm guitar, and I would just be a vocalist or whatever. So I started looking for uh, another female musician, and for a couple of months, I've been, like, putting up ads and not getting any replies, which is weird And then I realized that everything that I had put in the title, like female musician was being taken down immediately. And I don't know who's doing that, but
0: was was that on Craigslist or Facebook or where was that at? Yeah,
2: There's
1: there's definitely some douche there flagging uh, posts and talking shit about uh, female musicians and, uh, i like to figure that out because it's kind of bullshit. Um, she had several ads flagged and pulled down that specifically meant, uh, mentioned female guitar. So we actually have one up now that doesn't specifically mention uh, female guitar. And it's been up for a while now. But it's uh, it's kind of sad that that's, a, that's the case. Uh, it's, I mean, you've got to chalk it up to maybe one douchebag, but... It's it's working for him, I guess.
2: I guess.
0: Yeah, I mean that'll happen though. You'll always have retractors. I remember the very first episode I did. Somebody sent me a message and pretty much told me Audible Farm will never work. And it was like, well, all right, you know. And it was like episode one, you know. And I've st- I still have some people that, you know, thumbs down things or like, you know, send me bad reviews on different, you know, s- social media platforms and things like that. It's like, well, you know. <laughs> And I know who they are, but it's just I just let it go because it's like, well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna praise them or let them let them have their day. Even I'm just gonna let it go because
2: yeah. it's so dumb. Like, okay, I don't want to get on a soapbox here, but every single person who's like, "Ugh, you guys suck," you guys suck, no, 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 like. Well, not every single person, but 90% of them can't do anything anyway. Yeah, like, what do you that's do? their yeah. only yeah. hobby, is being like, Isaac, <laughs> Isaac. That's you know? right. That's 100% like, correct. Have no time in the world for dream killers. Like, mm-hmm. uh,
0: <laughs> well, that's 100% correct. I mean, I played a show not terribly long ago. Um, uh you know within the last six months and so that limits when i played the show but you could probably pigeonhole it down if you wanted to but there was somebody there that was just like a heckler at a comedy show it was absolute insanity like in between every song just like yelled something at us like you should play this instead you know like you get done they'd be like that song sucked you know like what are you doing like you get up here and play this and it's like they can't they can't play anything that's
2: that's that's the issue yeah that makes me so mad. Like, I hope that anybody that's listening to your podcast, if they desire that kind of attention, more people in the world need to know that you can yell positive stuff.
0: Oh, my God. Yes. You
2: don't have to be an asshole. You can just be like, yeah, I love you. And the band will be like, yeah, we love you, too. And the crowd will be like, yeah, we all love each other, you know, or whatever. Like, you don't have to be a jerk to get attention. You can just say something positive in that space. And then everybody heard you say it and they don't think you're an asshole. Like, yeah, it's so hard.
0: Yeah, because that might I mean, that's the best thing ever, too, because you could say something nice. And then somebody else might be like, yeah, I feel the same way this person does. Yeah, you do rule. This is awesome. You know, and you know, that's. It's it's one of those things. I, that's one of the reasons I wanted to start the podcast. When I first started playing music, I was like, Oh, there's, there's more cool bands out here than I thought there was. Like I said, I underestimated so many bands that I saw live where it's like, I got to talk to some of these people and, and get the word out there, you know, but even when you're trying to do something positive like that, every now and then somebody just, you know, every 20 episodes will poke in and be like, Hey, like thumbs down, you know, like, okay, neat. Way to go. Like, I'm glad you're taking <laughs> yeah. time out of your day to do that. But whatever.
2: I totally agree with that. Like I told you previously that I'm a pretty freaking ambitious person. And, um, like I started out being like, yeah, let's, let's make as much music as we can do. Let's go as far as we can go, blah, blah, blah. And it was not very far in before I was like, you know, if there's kind of, if there's people in the scene that are kind of a downer that's going to make it harder you know like the the hecklers in the crowd or whatever the people that are like oh this will never work or that sucks or only cover bands are good or whatever doesn't matter like after that I was like wow you like really have to put a lot of work in to like build momentum and I don't know if I was just having a really ambitious day or what I was like man how cool would it be if we just like group up with all the people in Des Moines and, who are actively doing music and want to do something with it other than just as their hobby or whatever. You know, like, do compilation albums or get together and do a group project or something like that. And I know that I talked to you about that at a bar sometime because I was, like, just really jazzed about it and you happened to be there. Sorry. No, that's cool. <laughs> but a lot of people are, like, I don't know if that's going to work. You'll never get enough people involved. It's like, obviously, you're never going to get enough people involved if you're just, like, if you have a bad attitude about it. But if you just call some people up and you're like, hey, let's make a music video with all the people in the music scene in Des Moines that want to come, you know, and have, like, a barbecue or whatever. I don't know. Whatever normal people do. Like... You know, you can just make it happen. And sometimes good stuff comes out of an impulse. And I think people discount that a lot. And like you, on the other hand, like, I cannot even wrap my mind around how much work you have done with Audible Farm. Oh, thank you. And not even wrap my mind around it. Like, when I first met you and first learned about Audible Farm, I was like, oh, that's cool. I would really, you know, I had been thinking at that point in time about doing a podcast and have it be, like, I don't know, people in the music scene, like, switching songs or, like,
0: oh. some music
2: aspect of it because I love music. And um, yeah. Yeah. and then I realized that you'd already been doing the podcast for, like, almost a year. And I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. That's yeah. so much work.
1: It's like, hot. it's
2: so easy to lose momentum on that when you're just, like, doing it, is sharing it. And, like, a couple of people are like... Yeah, whatever. Yeah, you know, like lukewarm response is a soul killer.
0: Yeah, true. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm smiling. I'm just smiling over here because you're explaining every drop of it like perfectly. Like it's uh. I mean, it's, it's tough to get it out there every week, you know, and if I take a week off, I know it'll, that'll be the end of it. You know, it'll just be like, well, I'll just take another week off some other time and I'll just, I'll whatever. Nobody cares. Nobody listens. And as soon as I stop doing it, that's when people are gonna be like, where's the podcast at man? And I'll be like, Oh yeah, I forgot about that. But I mean, I I really just one thing I like I said I found that there was so many people making music that was so good. It was stuff that I would never think of making stuff I mean there's stuff that I can't even perform and it's it's just wild to think about there's that much cool stuff out there and it's like I got to talk to some of these people and figure out how they got to where they're at, you know. And some people are younger than me and some people are older than me and some people Uh, Take the cover band route. Some people take the original band route, you know, and it's it's just really neat to to hear all those things. And I I I say if you want to start a podcast, go for it. I'm I'm all for having more than one Iowa based podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there's been there have been multiple multiple podcasts that have been started around the same time frame. Mine was, and there was one that was pretty much what mine was, but just five years earlier and it was uh the pants off podcast i don't know if anything. Yep,
2: yeah i followed them for a long time they were pretty cool and then uh also there was like the flyover podcast for a while they were yep. I'm, I'm not sure exactly what their brand was but i know that they talked about iowa music a lot so or music that happened through iowa in some cases yep like yeah
0: um but yeah i mean my podcast just kind of hides out there in plain sight people don't know what it is based on the name and and everything else like that but like it started i was just farming up everyone's i was taking videos of people live because i had like a portable recorder and i had a phone that had pretty decent video on it i had a gopro so i just walk around and, and video record bands and mash the audio to it that sounded better and and whammo you'd make these videos for these bands and stuff and uh, you know, for some bands, before they ever had recordings, it worked out pretty well for them to get a a decent raw live sound, so you could compare everyone. You know, and that's what the YouTube channel started out as, and that's all this really started as. Until I was like, well, I'll do a podcast. Why not? You know, and why? Yeah, and I've, I mean, I've, I hate
2: myself. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> that's the beginning of every project I've ever
0: done. Yeah, I've got plenty of free time. Why not? You know, I'm only yeah. only going back to school and working, and you know, whatever. But rock and roll. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know i think you should start a podcast you could probably have a really good one especially with the concept of like um uh, like i think it would be awesome like you said to do some sort of like a there's enough bands in the iowa area that we could buddy up with that we could like make a compilation album i would have to say I love
1: the idea comp- yeah i love the idea of a compilation album and I, I don't think we'd have much of an issue at all doing it there's there's enough bands that uh got recorded stuff to submit I, th- I think it's a really good idea actually got
2: it. honestly like I had thought about doing the thing where like uh where the Eleanor is your three finger Betty and we like we give you the information for one of our songs you give us the information for one of your songs and we just try our very best to to do yeah three finger eleanor dude that would be that would be
0: genius that would be a genius 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 idea
1: for a a, youtube channel yeah like a byo split sort of deal yeah
2: i just like i i feel like okay so i used to be really into art and then as soon as i left high school and didn't have a art teacher breathing down my neck and being like, okay, this is a project you're going to do this month. This is a project you're going to do that month. Like I was so happy for approximately two days before I was like, oh my God, I want to paint so bad, but I don't know what I'm going to do. You know, and I feel like if you aren't getting feedback from your community, it's really easy to like fall into that. Like, hmm, I don't know what to do. I don't know what people like, you know, and having that like direction to give somebody a challenge like that could be really sweet
0: yeah yeah definitely I mean sometimes just like you said if if you don't have somebody that's just like you're painting fruit this month and it's like okay boom here's some awesome looking fruit paintings you know and then they're like next month you're you're painting a tree (laughs) 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 but you know and then it's like one of those things if you don't have somebody down there like suggesting these things or telling you what to do or whatever you know if nobody's fabricating it then nobody's nobody's doing it you know and nobody ever gets the idea to and i i hate the downer idea that like oh it won't work because sometimes you can just make stuff just to make stuff because why why not you know
2: i think yeah you can definitely make stuff just to make stuff at the same time okay so the creative cycle, if you are not mentally stable, is a cycle of, like, yeah, I'm doing great. I'm going to sing songs because I'm happy or whatever. I'm going to do creative stuff, blah, 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 You ride the upswing. You're like, yeah, I'm so productive. And then you get to the top. You stall out. You're like, oh, my God, everything I've done sucks. <laughs> and you have, like, a, a breakdown. And then you don't do anything forever, forever. And then, like you I don't know think you're gonna quit music forever or whatever your chosen skill is and then and then you're like yeah no okay I guess I'm just gonna do that because I'm bored and my life is empty without it or whatever but every time I go through that like I, I'll i be at the peak of like I'm gonna quit everything forever and then I'll talk to somebody and then invariably somebody is like you can make music just for you and he's like I don't want it <laughs>
0: Oh my gosh, you still there? (laughs) Oh, oh, we got a poor network connection here. Let's see if we can splice this back together. Oh, sorry. We're back. We're back.
2: (laughs) Okay, sorry. No, it's cool. But like, yeah, no, invariably somebody is like, you know, you can make music just for you and it's all about, you know, music that makes you feel good, like, if you make something just for you and you get enjoyment out of it, then that's good enough. And on some days that's true, but that's not true for everybody. Like there's two different kinds of musicians and well, well, maybe not. There's probably more than that, but in my mind, there's two kinds of musicians. And one of them is the kind of musician that like the music is the vehicle for their ego. And then the other one is like, the musician that the music is the vehicle for them to communicate stuff that they can't communicate otherwise because they're so socially awkward.
0: Oh yeah, man. I and, mean that's like three finger betty on like almost all the social media sites is anti-social rock music, you know? And it's just a bunch I of know. it's a bunch of us that wouldn't normally go out of our way to talk to people or say anything and here we are up on stage making music together.
2: But if you're that kind of person and you're like reaching out like I don't think that a lot of people that listen to music or consume art or consume things that are created creatively or whatever I don't think that a lot of people realize that that's like a sort of a contract like it's not an actual contract but like some people just bark along and they're like, okay, I'm going to read this thing. I'm going to watch this thing. I'm going to listen to this music, whatever. And there's there's really no mind for, like, there was somebody who made that. And oh, yeah. And if you think that it's good, 110% of the time, somebody who made it, if you're like, wow, that was really good. Like, it touched me on some level. It entertained me for five minutes. What the hell ever, like... That's a huge thing to the person that made it. And a lot of times the consumer just like, you know, blink, blink. That wasn't a sentence. Yeah. <laughs> they just they just do it and don't really have a, a think for it. So if you're like a mindful person and you send that energy back, like so much more can come out of a person who's creating if you feed just like A tiny bit back I know that's hard when like you see people on Facebook or social media that you perceive are you know spamming the things that they've created or that's all they do or whatever but for some people that's like not their whole life but a huge part of their whole life you know yeah they're just waiting for somebody to be like please just tell me it doesn't suck Yeah. Please just like give me one thumb, you know.
0: Yep, yep, yep. I totally get you, man. It's uh, I mean, it's that struggle of the artist, uh, artist in any sense, whether or not. Um, I mean, I've talked to lots of different people who make lots of different things. Um, actual artists, musicians, pro wrestlers. I mean, even you know a cop.
2: pro wrestler episodes Dude
0: love they're, them. they're so good they're so good, they're so good.
2: <laughs>
0: i don't know why i love talking to the pro wrestler guys i gotta have a few more of them on and, and sit and talk to them but uh i mean there was actually uh I, yeah i was i will just skip that i was gonna say there was some wrestling nearby uh where i live actually not not i think it was either tonight or last night as we're recording this but either way i missed it and that's unfortunate but whatever
1: I, I, one of the w- weirdest slash greatest shows I ever went to was, do uh, you, know, you know the band Mass Intruder? Yes. That records band?
0: Yeah. Did you go to WrestlePalooza?
1: Uh, oh my God. Yes. At Woolies. It was so weird, but so great. Yeah. Dude. They had that uh, wrestling troop. I think, what were they at? of Kansas City or something? I, I can't remember where they're from, but yeah, Mass Intruder played in them in-betweens like it was such a weird slash great show
0: dude that's that's been something since we started going to pro wrestling shows like someone's got to mix these and and uh eric cannon up in minnesota uh first wrestling that he started it and it he he figured out a way to get it done right and i'll tell you what he's done a handful of them they sell out first ave in, in minneapolis yeah. like within 24 hours every time sometimes within the evening they go on sale i mean it's it's wild they're good shows uh that so- where that
1: was that was that minneapolis then yeah the, uh the master okay okay yeah
0: yeah, yeah so- <clears throat> uh yeah they did a couple shows actually at woolies they brought the show back down here to iowa they do like one up there one night and then they come down here either the next night or the next weekend to do a show down here and i mean they were always different shows. They're some of my favorite shows ever. They're really f- fan intensive. Um, it's everything is made for a crowd reaction. The whole thing's fun. But yeah, dude, I think yeah. if there's any wrestling promoters listening, I don't know if you know Todd or Troy are listening, but hey, maybe maybe think about doing some rock and wrestling stuff.
2: For sure. <laughs> there's something that's like so sweet about like the performing arts, other than musicians. Like aside from being in bands and stuff, like I was in a sword fighting troop for a while. What? And <laughs> yes, yeah, really. And
1: she's a Ren Fair nerd. I'm a Ren
2: Faire nerd. <laughs> Whatever, they're so supportive. I wouldn't hey, say that negatively. I wish <laughs> I was a
1: Ren Fair nerd. Right, I'll
2: stab you. But uh, <laughs> like, there's just something that is irresistible in a show about something that you can't see anywhere else. Yes. And that's what makes Renfair so cool is like, I don't know, contortionists and acrobats and flame eaters. And, um, of course, sword fighters and jousters and stuff like that. Like I would also be open to some stuff like that on a stage. I'd be all about it. Like lefties get some fire swallowers.
0: (laughs) Oh man, that'd be crazy. I mean, like you said, mixing
2: I'd go. Everybody would go, wouldn't you? Like
0: yes, and I, so I think like mixing live performance with uh, like two different styles or three different styles is awesome. Because even like at uh, Wrestle Palooza shows, they would do burlesque dancing and stuff like that. Yeah. So like. Uh... I mean, say what you want about that. But that's, I mean, it's still like, it's, that's friggin' cool. It was cool to be like, there's wrestling. And the, even the burlesque dancers got involved somehow or another. It almost always happened, you right. know, which is like tons of cool. I friggin' love that stuff. And-
2: burlesque dancers are so awesome. Let me just say, they're so cool. Like they know how <laughs> to be involved and be awesome with anything. Like I, I kind of like on a tangential note, wish that there was like a little bit more cooperation, um, in the music performer scene or whatever. Like, you know how, when you go to a bill and it's a split bill, but it's really just like a band plays and then their fans are like, just kind of bummed out for a while while the next band plays. And it's like a carousel of taking turns instead of like, I don't know. It seems like cover bands play and their fans are always like, yay, music that I'm familiar with. And I really wish that there was some sort of coalition that was like, okay, this is a cover band that does this kind of music. And then this is an original band that does pretty much this kind of music. You know what I'm saying? So like you go for the thing that you know, and then you get tricked into the other thing that is also awesome.
0: (laughs) Yes. Oh, that would be sweet. That'd be sweet. Um I do like agree with you, with what you say it's tough to find band like a full lineup full lineups aren't always like a smooth sailing thing where it's like this is pop punk night at blah 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 because there's not 50 pop punk bands to choose from where you can just be like these these are the ones you know so sometimes you mix like yeah. metal with punk and it's that weird like polarizing kind of thing that goes on but uh I don't know. It's it's it is kind of tough though. There are like a, like you said, music coalition. There's a Des Moines music coalition. They do some stuff that you know, linking networking yeah, musicians with like one another. aren't they
2: responsible for the majority of like festival type stuff that goes on in Des Moines?
0: Uh, yes, as a matter of fact, they even have a podcast. Uh, it's uh, I think it's called whoop, whoop. I think it's called in in the Bird Room with uh, Jordan Mayland, I believe. I'm saying that out of memory. Yeah. I'm going to look it up right now so I don't um, get it wrong, but I believe that is right. Let's see here. I'm going to audiblefarm.com and scrolling down to the bottom because I've got a link to it because that's how I roll. I link to everything I like because why not? Yeah. Yeah. It's in the bird room with Jordan Mayland. I had it right. Boom. Yeah. I know the scene. Look at you. (laughs) But you were talking about mixing performing art type things. I even remember Iron Maiden once did like a mix 50 50 type show with a magician on stage, and uh, what? it's it's a little cheesy. It's a little <laughs> cheesy, but it's actually really awesome. So if if you look up Iron Maiden magic show on Google, you will find a link to it um, right there. It's it's long, but it's good, and uh, it's pretty sweet because Maiden even plays like background music while the guy does magic tricks and stuff sometimes. Oh my
2: god, that's so great! Yeah,
0: and like, how cool would it be to mix something like that up?
2: Yeah, I just want, like, I just want people in the area to to try anything, like literally anything, and just see what's up. You know, like. Why not? Time doesn't exist anymore. Like half of everybody hasn't been to work, and God knows when. And then half of everybody else hasn't stopped being at work since God knows when. And it's just like a really weird time. Like we should just be weird.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. I agree with it a hundred percent. I <laughs> I think there needs to be more more connectivity that goes on between uh even within the own within your own like little microcosm of the scene or wherever everybody needs to kind of reach out and and see what everyone else has going on and maybe mix it up like you said make a compilation album or something you know like the eleanors present like uh our top five favorite eps you know or something you know and then you can slide one of yours on there or something you know like one of your new ones or something
2: like there for a while like uh oh my god almost a year ago (laughs) Almost a year ago, we had a month where we like did two shows a week, almost. It seemed like, I think it was September.
1: It was, I think it was September, yeah.
2: And we like we booked the first show, and then after that, I was like, okay, dudes, here's what's up. <laughs> like, I don't usually like to wear the pants in the band, but sometimes I do. And then I say stuff like, I want to try and make sure that we have at least one band that we haven't played with. Every time we do a new show until we're done with all the bands that we know or can find easily, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like there's some some people that like I understand having a niche and like playing with people that you're comfortable with playing with, and it's a great scene, and you know it's going to be great. But like I don't know, crossover events are great.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like, definitely. We
2: have really great shows was people we barely even knew and yeah. we were just like going on a hope and a dream you yeah. know and it was awesome <laughs> yeah
1: we played some metal shows some more like uh indie rock type stuff but they all worked and we had a lot of fun in all of them
0: yeah man i mean i i love going to those kind of shows you know because like i said you, you always seem for me anyways i always seem to get a little surprised by what i see because even if it's not something that i would normally do that's usually enough. To like open my eyes and be like, whoa, I didn't know how to do any of this stuff.
2: Yeah, I think that like people are also under the impression that like people's likes are more specific than they are. Like nobody has only um, black metal on their Spotify and that's it. Yeah. Nobody true. does. It. <laughs> like, yep maybe some people are embarrassed to like admit like yes i like black metal and britney spears or whatever you know like maybe some people are embarrassed to admit what the other thing that they like is or the other things that they like are but when you're in a group of people like it all kinds of fades away
0: yeah definitely i mean that's it's one of the nice things about finding the right group of people to hang out with where nobody can be like oh you like this and you're you're a poser or you're you suck or you know nothing like that that's kind of i don't know it there's nothing worse than just having somebody you're like check out this cool thing i found and someone's just like it sucks and you're like oh no oh no it's, it's <laughs> no, so crushing yeah yeah i'm such a everybody loser everybody who
2: says you're a poser should just like lose a finger Immediately.
0: <laughs> yeah, especially because it like Don't went worry. out of date like thirty years ago.
2: <laughs> yeah, I feel like, being, yeah. like calling people
1: poser is kind of a, a, a young person's game. I think the older you get you, you realize that like like Shyan was saying, that uh nobody's tastes are just one thing, you know. And myself too, like I, I went through that when I was a teenager, like uh, oh screw you, you're a poser, you know, like but uh but now, you know, I I might have little Britney Spears on my Spotify. <laughs> 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 no. <laughs> Actually, Britney Spears, but you know what I'm saying. Oh, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah it's Christina Aguilera, <laughs> but we get it. We get it. Yeah,
2: yeah exactly. Yeah. Congratulations. Um, you only like one kind of music and three yeah, chords. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Good for you, dude.
0: <laughs> I mean, that's that's one of the things that is kind of tough about like certain areas of certain scenes though too cuz some of it is almost like i got to put on, you know, i don't want to down on any scene so i'm not going to be too specific but i got to put on the clothes that are scene specific and i've got to do all of these scene specific things i got to have these pants on and this kind of a shirt and those kind of shoes otherwise people are going to think i'm i'm a weirdo or whatever
2: I hate that so much. It it is (laughs) kind of tough. It it is. Like, I don't... Okay, I've never been, like, the most socially adept person. Um, Never. But I really don't understand why that is... Like, other than, like, wanting to be able to identify who your person is at a concert. Like, oh, they... Kind of get me at a glance. Like the chances that we might get along are significantly higher than these other people who are dressed another way. Like I get that, but I just, I don't get it at all.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's the weird thing because I, like I said, I do get it too. And also, like Seth said, in my teenage years, I was a big advocator of like almost everything I'm saying I don't agree with now you know so it's I was that guy that was just like I've gotta wear jeans and a maiden shirt and my hair's gotta be long and I'm I'm more metal than anybody you know and just nonsense you know and then eventually you're just like well I don't know I'm definitely not the most metal person ever
2: okay one thing that like I've just gotta say is like my whole opinion of music like, changed and dissolved after I listened to uh, Axis of Awesome's (laughs) four-chord song. Like, I don't know anything about music. I'm surprised that we've talked for, like, almost an hour about music because I don't know anything about it, really, other than doing it. And um, so I watched that video, and I was like, what? They're all the same four chords? Like, what? And then, like, I took that concept home with, like every genre and I'm like oh my god so much of this stuff is all the same stuff like if you don't do music you just listen to music and you're like yeah rocking out whatever but once you start doing music past a certain point like do you ever hit the point where you're like it's all the same
0: uh yeah, like um, you,
2: pick, you pick up a folk song and you're like, huh? If I just change which beat I accent, all of a sudden this is not a poke song. Uh, uh, sorry, a punk song it's a folk song, and like, oh, if I change one of these chords to a minor chord, like it changes to a grunge song, and yeah. you can play like any song in any genre that you want with like no effort at all, and you're just like, why? why does anybody like market this i don't understand
0: yeah i mean there's a lot of music that it has a weird i mean there's so many songs that have been covered in a different genre other than what they originalized and i mean there's so many like pop goes punk you know uh punk goes metal you know and like all these other types of crossover mishmash type albums that have happened you know and uh it's it's really neat to hear that kind of stuff because it's it's like how could this have been portrayed if somebody else had done the work you know or how could this be looked at in a completely different light an easy thing to be for all that for anybody that plays guitar would be like how can you make this sound good on an acoustic guitar without going like super nuts and trying to play power chords and stuff so like pretty it up with open chords and bar chords and and nicer things maybe slow it down a little bit and see what you get you know and it's you can turn a lot of crazy songs into something that you'd never even knew they were originally. And you're still using basically the same chord structure and the same stuff. It's just comes out completely different.
2: That's so much of me like dinking around in my attic. Like I run out of ideas like every day, but I also am a stubborn bitch apparently. And I'm like, Oh, well I could just try and do it in a different genre or like I'm going to take this song that I absolutely hate and play it until I find a way to play it where I don't hate it or like how can I edit this thing to you know change the tone of it entirely like how can I change the message of this song by like changing just a couple of words and like I just dink around with it endlessly and it's crazy how much you can do with not a lot of effort
0: yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the crazy thing, though, is sometimes dreading taking any effort is is more effort and more draining than just taking the little bit of effort to do something in the first place.
2: Oh, absolutely. Definitely.
0: So, I mean, that's, like, go for it.
2: I was gonna say, that's definitely how I got to the point where I was like. I can do a song and I can do a song tomorrow and I can do a song the day after that. Like I didn't start out being able to write songs. I was like, okay, I'm so, so done with this. I'm going to cover a song that I don't like every day until I learn how to write a song. And I think I'm made it like three days before I was like, I don't care how bad this song is. I'm so done with this punishment that I have assigned myself. (laughs) Like,
0: Man, that's crazy. That's a crazy concept to take on, but it, I mean, it kind of motivated you, I guess.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Highly recommend, even though it sucks so much. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so today uh, we're we're sitting down. It's Cheyenne and Cheyenne Voss, and uh, Seth Espy's been in the background chiming in every now and then. Thanks for that, Seth. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, sorry. <laughs> 've we've, uh, we've talked about uh, the Eleanor's the possible name change uh, we've talked about you guys recording an album and that's going to be coming out soonish maybe under the Eleanor's name maybe not there's also going to be a music video
1: Probably yeah. not Yeah, probably not
0: so let me ask you this if if you come up with a new band name are you gonna drive everyone from the Eleanor's uh, band page? over to your new page or at least make a post saying so that
2: we're just going to take the eleanor's page and announce that we've all died in a tragic cribbage accident
0: ooh, cribbage
2: because we're stylish like that.
0: <laughs> that's awesome
1: yeah no we'll keep all probably keep all the same social media just change the name and then maybe like in parentheses formally the eleanor's until people get used to it and like like uh Cheyenne said earlier we'll, we'll be keeping the same logo so that'll help um you know with the recognition of the band or whatever but because that was actually a concern of ours to change the name that we had such good momentum in the beginning and we got you know not you know decent band base or whatever locally but uh, yeah so we'll keep all the same social media and all that just gonna just kind of change the name you know awesome so I'll, I'll hopefully, hopefully people who we are
0: yeah I'll post links down to the Eleanor's stuff and uh as long as you have some way to steer people in the correct direction from there uh we'll we'll go with that for now so otherwise be on the lookout for the rebranded eleanor's um coming out in sometime soon you know i mean it's i'm st- I'm stoked to hear the new album I'm stoked to hear what songs you got recorded uh, I'm super stoked to see the music video I've been big on music videos lately i've got a uh, if you go to the Audible Farm YouTube channel, there's a playlist of music videos from bands from Iowa that I've like started com- compiling there. So um, we'll uh, we'll get that on there for you guys too, definitely. But I, I gotta say, hey, thanks for taking time out of your day, sitting down, and talking with me, and and everything. I feel like we covered pretty much everything, right?
2: We did. We uh, totally did.
0: All, all right, good. <laughs> well, I gotta say thanks again, guys, and uh, don't go away. I'm gonna end the recording, but don't go away. But thanks. All right, bye. Oh, baby, there it is. Episode 97, everybody. I'm stoked to see what the Eleanors or whatever they decide to call themselves uh, come out with. Uh, I have all the links for the Eleanors down below. Make sure you follow them. And I'm sure if uh, Cheyenne and Seth end up making a new name for their band and they can't consolidate the Facebook pages, they'll probably just steer you in the right direction. Uh, from the current social media so check it out check out the Eleanor's and uh, hey I'm stoked to see what they come out with here. I guess probably before summer's over with uh, You know like they said they recorded uh, some new new songs and got a new video coming out That's gonna be pretty cool, so I'm pretty stoked to see all that stuff And uh, it's always cool when people are creating things and and working together and kind of doing like we were talking about giving everybody just the high fives all around everybody likes doing what everybody's doing and and we all support one another, and it's it's I th- I feel like there's a little bit of a change happening in the music scene where everybody's kind of realizing the importance that we have, uh, generally speaking, and we're all kind of sticking to each other's guns and saying, hey, I appreciate what you're doing, and everybody's going to each other's shows, and it's it's pretty cool. There's nothing cooler than playing a show and looking out in the crowd and seeing somebody who could be playing a different show, but they're at your show watching watching what you're doing. I mean, maybe they didn't book a show or something like that, but it's really cool to have that happen. Other musicians, uh, watching musicians is one of my favorite things ever. Uh, that's one reason I like to go to jam nights and things like that too, is it's just packed full of musicians and everyone's just enjoying everybody's company and it's always a fun time. So hey. Check out the Eleanors, scroll down below, check out the links I got down there, and uh, stay tuned for some of the cool stuff that they've got coming out. Like I said, by any name whatsoever, it's still going to be cool, so it's worth checking out. And uh, hey, if live shows start happening again, and uh, the Eleanors by any name uh, decide to start playing shows here again, I'm, I'm stoked. I can't wait to see them live, I can't wait to see who they end up bringing into the fold and making, making everything work out, because it's really cool to have a little bit of... Mmm, diversity, you know, in the music scene, you know? It kind of gets old when it's just a bunch of, you know, grubby dudes up there just playing guitar. No offense to all of us grubby dudes up there playing guitar. No, we're all, you know, great people. I'm just kidding. Um, anyways, so... Uh, Hey, you know, I I really like being able to sit down and talk with people. And like I said in the intro, I haven't really sat and talked to Cheyenne and Seth too much. I've seen them at shows. We converse, you know, a fair amount, but it's not like we sat down and and one-on-one like this. So it was really cool to be able to sit down and get to know each one of them better and, and, you know, kind of figure out what makes uh, Cheyenne tick. She writes a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of songs, like a lot of music. So it's really cool to have somebody like that, you know, in the music scene that has the ability to just constantly keep creating things and... You know, she wasn't lying in the podcast when she talked about how, many, you know, how much music she writes and how many songs she has. I'm certain that she's got more songs in her catalog than quite a few people have. So I'm stoked to see that she's got an outlet. I'm stoked to see that, you know, her and Seth are doing the Eleanors thing or well, by any name, I guess. I'm still going to say it like that, but uh, the Eleanors. Like I said, scroll down below, check them out. Uh, Check out some of their past material, and uh, if they rename themselves, that's probably where they will announce it is on the Eleanor's page, so check it out. And uh, hey, I gotta say thanks to everybody for listening, I gotta say thanks to Seth, and thanks to Cheyenne for joining me, because, you know, it takes a lot to take some time out of your day to sit down and converse with somebody you have no clue who they are, and uh, you know, I really appreciate you guys doing that for me, so thank you guys very much. You know, I'm just a guy sitting at a computer Skyping with people, but it's pretty cool. We have fun conversations, and people are listening, so it's really neat. i uh, got to say thanks to the listeners. Thanks to Couchtown. Couchtown Coffee, sticking with us. Week after week after week. It's worth checking out, everybody. CouchtownCoffee.com. If you missed the code word, scroll back to the intro and check it out. You might be able to save yourself 20% this week. Woo! All right. Hey, that's it. I'm out of here. I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast this week, and peace. Peace.